Hi guys, welcome back to the Max Spence Business Podcast. Today we have a special guest called uh, William Fisher. Um, I'll let him uh, introduce himself. Uh, William, it's great for uh, it's great to have you on the podcast. Hey Max, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here with you. Awesome. So let's start with uh, a little bit about yourself and uh, who you are. Yeah. So my name's William Fisher. I was uh, born in the Saint Jerome area in the year 2000. So if you do the math, that means I'm 20 years old. And um, yeah, I moved to the Gatineau, Ottawa area when I was about uh, seven or eight, I believe, and been living in the national capital region since then and doing business here. So okay, that's, awesome. That's, so, uh, okay, so, so, so yeah, you, you're, um, so yeah, you're an entrepreneur. You're actually a very young entrepreneur. You're 20 years old. Uh, what was actually the first business that you actually started and, and how old were you when you actually started it? Yeah. So real business, you know, quote unquote, that I'd started was probably when I was six or 15, 15 turning 16 uh, with a buddy of mine called Eric and it was called the uh, group FLD and um, which we had actually just until recently was still running under the same name and all. And uh, yeah, so kind of started originally as uh, like a streetwear brand. So we were printing our logo on some t-shirts and stuff. And we were like, oh, like, you know, there's an opportunity. Actually, the, where the real idea came from is because I saw all the older kids at my high school buying um, customized hoodies for like $40. And I was like, hey, I'm making t-shirts and it's really not going to cost $40 to make these. So the original idea was, hey, like, let's, let's print these hoodies and stuff for, um, for, the, for the school, which we actually never ended up doing any grad hoodies. Um, but that's just how it started. So basically we were printing, it started with just t-shirts and stuff, but then we ended up doing embroidery, car wraps, uh, signage, graphic design, websites, uh, printing, screen printing, vinyl layouts, like all that good stuff. So that was my first business, had it from, uh, as I said, when I was 15, 16, up until uh, just this year, where uh, for just because change of interest and change of business, um, it's it no longer exists, but I still do some printing under my other businesses. Okay, okay, that's very interesting. So pretty much um, you started that when you were 15, 16. Uh, how did that actually go? Cause you were, you know, 15, 16 is quite young. How, how did you sort of manage that? You know, going to, uh, did you actually do, did you do like a silkscreen press, uh, yourself or did you actually outsource it to a company? Um, and then pretty much just, uh, you know, get them to make the logos that you wanted and then pretty much just sell them. Uh, how, how did that all sort of work and come about? Yeah. So actually, well, a big part of it was that, you know, I was work. I started working when I was 14 at a restaurant. So I was making a little bit of money. So obviously that helped um, to get it started, but we obviously didn't have the capital to, to put out a full operation. So I started kind of just as like a broker. So basically um, my partner, Eric is actually a graphic designer. So that was good for the logos and, and the mock-ups and all that. And then we would send it out to a shop in Ottawa that we, which was honestly, we literally knocked on one guy's door and we used him. Um, something I learned, you know, shop around a little bit. But yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we used this one guy. His name is Corey in Ottawa. Great dude. Um, but 
eventually we we kind of scaled up and he wasn't uh providing enough and so basically yeah so we you know i would get an order from clients i would order in uh the shirts from suppliers and uh that way you know often it was that they were small enough orders at the beginning that we could just you know pay pay out of pocket and and uh you know kind of finance the the order so we'd buy that send it to the printers the printers would print it and then we would deliver it and that, that was it so we didn't actually own any equipment or any space uh so it was it was an easy business to start with because there was absolutely no overhead basically except for the few little things you know like online okay. accounts and whatever but yeah okay okay that's pretty cool so did you uh did you start selling it online or was it more word of mouth that you were doing um no so we had a website but honestly i think in the entire length of that business we might have gotten maximum like 10 leads from the website because the whole it's a lot of b2b so we do schools and businesses and, and like you know different kinds of organizations and so all of our stuff was wholesale so uh like we never got an order for under like the smallest orders or maybe i don't know 50 t-shirts or something like that so the online part wasn't really our our niche and so it was all pretty much word of mouth to start with we did a little bit of advertising but um yeah mostly word of mouth i would have, i would say we probably made up 80 percent of our of our revenue since the beginning even to this day so okay 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 so pretty much uh after that we're uh so yeah yeah you ran that for quite a long time up until this year uh what other businesses have you actually started yeah so um i actually had an events business called the project Tawe, which i recently got out of um only because i kind of realized like that events weren't my thing i just didn't really you know just wasn't my my cup of tea but i actually learned all kinds of stuff and made great connections so um yeah so it was with two different partners that i had met where i was working and uh we were doing all kinds of events we did some corporate stuff um so organizing events for different businesses and uh like fundraisers and all that and we also did some uh, events that we organized ourselves uh, always in like business oriented so we did something called uh, soirée raté so basically it's a french name the english name is actually fuck up nights i don't know if i can say that on here no, but uh, um that's fine <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so basically we have like entrepreneurs uh you know successful entrepreneurs from the region that people know come up and talk about all their failures in business and explain all the things that went wrong and then the goal is you know for people to to learn from others mistakes and and to kind of like make it less of a taboo to talk about failure because these people are obviously successful now but they talk about it you know in a in a funny manner and stuff like that so that was one of the businesses that uh that I created um but then I bought into um another business called Crackboom. Um so Crackboom Media is a digital advertising network and we're all over Quebec and starting to get into Ontario. So we got roughly close to 600 screens. And basically the what it is is we have point of sale locations, so grocery stores and pharmacies and and dépanneurs and corner stores and all that. Uh they host our screen. Uh it's it's an iPad basically. um in a casing so it doesn't look like an iPad it just looks like a screen at the cash register so we get people's attention while they're paying or while they're waiting in line and we um 
we sell advertisements. So we're okay. The, and so yeah. Yeah, that 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 that's pretty. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's awesome, man. So, um, how how did you come to? Because uh, okay, so you started the clothing line, or well, the the um, uh, like the clothing and embroidery provider. Uh, and then you did the uh -huh. events, and then how did you actually come about to uh, getting into cracking and advertising? Yeah, so through the events, there was a guy called Justin Grégoire, who's well known on you know in the Montreal area and stuff for for uh, investing um, in terms of uh, real estate, and um, I kind of wanted to get to know him and stuff because you know he's got a lot of real estate. And my long-term goal is really to own a lot of real estate. I think we'll probably touch on that a little bit later. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so I wanted to meet him. So we basically arranged. So there was kind of like the only way I could really meet him is if like I either like provided him a service or like vice versa, right? Because yeah, yeah. it's not really someone you could just kind of like call up. So, yeah. so we called him up. Well, we called up like his team and said, you know, they were doing events in Montreal. Uh, real estate related and we said well we could do your events but in in the Gatineau Ottawa area right so that's how we we got about to meeting and then he presented he actually owns a uh, part of crack boom in Quebec and so he presented me he presented uh, a few different people to me and including Daniel Jutre which is uh, the founder of crack boom and that's just kind of how it came about and then you know from there we just started talking and things just happened <laughs> <laughs> well that, that's actually yeah that's very interesting yeah and uh you must have been pretty young like how, how like probably 18 17 18 19 or i was uh when i first started with the crack boom i was 19 yeah okay, so okay. crack boom's pretty recent it's been uh maybe a year not even a year um okay, for crack okay boom. but crack boom has crack boom has existed since 2012 Okay. Okay. So, so, so they've been around for for a bit then. Yeah, very established business on the on the Quebec side. My role is pretty much to expand uh, into Ontario. So that's what okay, we're, we're doing. Well, not at the present moment because of COVID. That's what we were doing just before uh, before all of this happened. Okay. Yeah. That, that that's actually a, that must be a pretty uh, awesome position to be in to you know uh, manage the expansion into Ottawa. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Because uh, it's really like its own, we, the way it's split up is like Quebec is its own business, Ontario is its own business. So I own everything that's Ontario. And um, so so it's really cool to, to have gotten that uh, autonomy, if you like, um, while getting to keep an already proven concept and just expand it. So. Okay, cool, cool. So... Um, yeah, so, so what I want to touch on now is actually, um, what, what have you actually, uh, learned from sort of those, e like each businesses and which ones did you actually like the most so far? Um, I'd say the one, well, there's kind of two different aspects. I think where I've learned the most was probably the first business, obviously, cause that's where, you know, all kinds of stuff regarding like customer support and just to like really like operational stuff like how things happen and in what order and all that stuff um in terms of like that was like a side that i i never known right because it's it's really like production like a to z like sourcing overseas and stuff getting it here then like you got to manage the people like doing the work 
and then you know the whole logistics for payments and all that so that's why i learned a lot of it but most of it is probably not like it's pretty basic stuff right that i learned in that in that first business and um but what i i think like the top like things i learned are mostly in regards to just like sales and how to you know like people skills and stuff and i think that's probably my favorite part of of crack boom is actually the sales part so i actually like to go out and do a lot of the, like the sales because i just like talking to people and stuff and so so yeah just like through that it's kind of hard to like put a put like a like a word on it like this is what i learned because it's kind of like all kinds of things right it's just like a depending who you're talking to like how to gauge people and how to how to sell accordingly and all that i think that's probably the biggest the biggest uh learning i've i've done but what i would say the biggest change since the beginning is really about due diligence so a lot of people kind of like hit it like just like go and like jump in and i'm very much that kind of person i just jump in without really like thinking about it too much and i just figure it out on the way but a few times you know i've learned that sometimes you're better to do a little bit of research uh beforehand and you know calculate things and and uh you know kind of know what you're getting yourself into before doing it so okay. i think that's that's probably the biggest lesson i've learned okay yeah yeah that, 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 yeah that that is actually a a great lesson instead of yeah just uh like jumping great uh, jumping straight into it is really good but also making sure that you have uh have a plan to sort of move forward once you actually get in there and start yeah, exactly. you know, operating that business. So let, yeah. let's actually move over to, uh, so you actually just bought a property and you did a flip. So can you tell us a, a little bit about that? Yeah. So my goal was always kind of um, to own real estate, like lots of real estate. That was always my thing since I was, ever since I can remember. And I don't know why, I don't know why, like how that came about in the first place, but it's just always been like that. And so the my first goal when I started working when I was 14 in a restaurant um, was to buy a car and then I was going to buy a house. My first property I wanted like absolutely had to have it when I was like 18. And I don't know why it was like a personal like challenge and like I was just not going to be happy with myself until I got it. So sure enough, when I turned 18, I'd saved up some money and stuff. I had um, I kind of got. Um, someone who was working with me at that time at the restaurant, this property is actually right behind uh, the restaurant. I'm there now and I can, I literally see the restaurant I used to work at when I was, uh, when I just started. And so that's how I actually spotted the property. And it was a complete duster, like completely, you know, the whole thing had re be redone. And it was uh, the man who owned the property had actually passed away. So it was being sold um, by the bank. And so, yeah, so, I kind of went in. Uh, that was one of the things I had no idea what I was doing. I just kind of went in. Some 18-year-old kid, the real estate agent, was like, "What are you doing here?" And I was like, "Yeah, I want to buy this place and just redo the whole thing." So, I I had absolutely no construction skills, and no, uh, not I had. You know what? I knew a lot about real estate and like the math and all that, but not the practical side or the building side. So that's one of the things I just jumped into. You know, lesson learned there costs a lot more money than I thought it would and a lot more time. And so, you know, that's that kind of goes back to my due diligence lesson there. But um, yeah, so I got a partner 
who was a little bit better than I was uh, with, uh, with his hands, had done some construction. And we just kind of dove right in and decided we would take this single family home that was completely run down, open it all up. So removed like supporting walls and stuff. We actually like um, changed all of the posts, all of the, it's, it's complete gut job. I think I showed you the pictures actually. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we, it was like, like an old like basement with no windows. We cut out new windows and all that. And we actually made it into a duplex. So now it's all separated. It's got electricity separated, the plumbing is separated, separate entrances, new, 100% everything new, new kitchens, new bathrooms, new plumbing, new electricity, new flooring, new walls, new supports, like A to Z. So yeah, and then I always had a plan in mind with that. I was going to refinance it and buy another one. And yeah, so my refinancing actually went went through uh, just two weeks ago. So I would say the first the first one has now been officially complete, um, A to Z. So yeah, so that that's that's a little bit about uh, this property. And the now that it's a duplex, I'm going to be renting it. But um, yeah, I think that was it was pretty much the best thing I could have done really with uh, the money I had um, at that point. And I learned so many things like through this and it's, it's just really great that it was a relatively small project, you know, in the grand scheme of things to learn on. And, um, you know, it took a lot longer than I thought I was going in there. I was like, this is going to cost 40 grand to do the whole thing. I don't know what I was thinking. It's going to, it's going to take like six months and we're going to be done out of there refinanced. It's going to be worth like 350. And, you know, we're going to make our profit. We're going to take all our money back and buy something else. In reality, it cost 80 grand. Um, it took like a year. And um, there were also, obviously, you know, when you start opening stuff up, you find all kinds of different things that you just kind of do while you're at it. And yeah, so then, and it wasn't worth 350 in the end. It was worth 315. Yeah, so good thing I had some, some uh, room in the budget and that I also uh, wasn't uh, completely counting on it being worth 350 because it could have been a horrible flop um, had, you know, some major issues come up, but luckily enough, it, uh, it served me a, a good lesson and I didn't lose any money and things went pretty well. So now we're on to the next with, uh, with a uh, new, uh, new set of skills. And I now know construction thanks to YouTube. <laughs> yeah that, that, that is pretty true uh pretty true you can learn uh like it's it's crazy nowadays like uh you know like 20 30 years ago like what we have today like the resources we have with youtube and you know the amount of information that's out there yeah. that you can just find is ridiculous so d did you actually uh so did you just do it by uh with yourself and your partner did you do the full renovation by yourselves and let, like other than the, the you know like plumbing and electrical like all the stuff that you need like certificates for um yeah okay uh so yeah we actually did we did everything except uh plumbing uh electricity and the foundational work because this place i'm telling you was like really like a crap show like the foundation was like cracking we had to redo like re-pour part of the foundation like cut parts out to put windows so that part obviously we didn't do but like even like breaking up the floor, we just like rented jackhammers and just destroyed the, <laughs> destroyed the basement slab and reported ourselves and stuff. Yeah, it was fun. It's not as it doesn't. It's not like in the movies. I 
thought it was going to be a little bit uh, easier than that. But still. yeah, yeah, the, yeah, you yeah, save a lot of money. This yeah, this, this was an eighty like it was an eighty thousand dollar renovation. I would think it probably would have cost at least forty thousand dollars more had it, had it been done by uh, by people from A to Z, you know. But it would have been a lot faster. So yeah, true. So so d- did you uh, w- when you were actually in the process of buying the property? Did you have like uh, y- your guy, uh, the, your partner? You said who has like construction experience. Uh, did he sort of walk around and do of uh, like like a like a budget for the project, or did you have like a general uh, uh, like um, a general contractor walk through and sort of give you a budget for everything, or sort of identify any problems that were with the property? Um, well, we had an inspector come by, but it was kind of useless because he just pointed out all the obvious stuff that we already knew was wrong, and none of it really mattered because we were doing a gut job. And when I say this guy who has construction experience, he's not a general contract you know of any of any kind so and he actually only came in the property once uh before before uh we even bought it because i kind of just brought it to him and he was like trusting me with it and he's like listen i don't know anything about all this real estate stuff all i know is i can you know put some nails in and put some windows up and some walls up so you just you know you just do this and i'll come help you with the, the renovations and so that's kind of how I went about. And the budget was literally me looking online and saying, Oh, like drywall costs this much and then doing rough estimates. And I was $40,000 off. So I'm, I'm uh, not going to be doing estimates myself anymore in the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know what the really good thing about that, even though, you know, you're, um, you know, $40,000 off and it could have gone a lot worse. Is that like, um, I, I, I talked to a lot of different real estate people, um, uh, like, uh, last week I, I had another uh, gentleman on who's a property management, uh, owner and, um, pretty much like a lot of people would just won't actually take that first jump. And you did it at such a young age, which is incredible, mm-hmm. right? To be, you know, 18 years old, walking in and buying, you know, your first property at 18 years old is crazy. Uh, which, you know, you compare it to like the majority of people are getting into properties when they're like mid twenties to, you know, maybe early thirties. So that, mm-hmm. that was, that was really good on your part. Yeah. I think that's, that's really like, I strongly believe, although like I'm saying, you know, don't just jump in and do whatever at the same yeah. time, I'm kind of saying jump in and do whatever. Cause like, I was just thinking all, you know, with real estate, it's pretty safe. I was thinking there's no way there's literally no way that there's any amount of money that we can put into this place that it's not going to be worth more than that, at least at resale. So I was, I had done some due diligence. I knew what stuff was worth around here. And I knew that this was the worst street, the worst house in the street. So it was like, well, the worst that can happen is like, we have to sell it and we'll like break even at worst. Right. So that, that was kind of my thinking on, on there. So it was a pretty, you know, some stuff could be a lot riskier than, than real estate. And I don't know, I'm just kind of fearless in general. And I'm just kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of jumped in and then <laughs> but yeah, everybody kept telling me like, uh, like basically everybody I knew who's successful is just saying like, just do it, like invest, just, just like, just do it. So I just did. <laughs> trusting them and just trusting my gut and I was like oh well the worst that happens is I go bankrupt and I'm 20 and who cares if you go bankrupt when you're 20 so yeah yeah there's been plenty of success I was 18 so 
Yeah. The, the, Who cares plenty... even more if you go backed up when you're 18? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. There's been plenty of uh, very successful uh, people out there uh, that went bankrupt when they were young and, you know, had, had great comebacks. So, yeah. Uh, so you, you mentioned that you, you're, uh, you're very interested in real estate in that one and you want to make that your main business. Uh, what, what type of real estate are you looking to get into? Is it more like you want to just start, start building into like slow multifamily, like buy a duplex, then buy a, you know, four units and then just go up like that. Uh, or do you want to get into like uh, office space or industrial or retail or development? Yeah, so I'm a kind of a go hard or go home person. So even even though like this is a duplex, this was like a go hard duplex because it's a whole gut job. And like my next buys are going to be like, I'm going to get private lenders and I'm looking at like nothing under 12 units. And um, so, you know, through my connections with my partner who does private lending and stuff, I've learned a lot about, you know, there's no such thing as getting rich quick with real estate, uh, especially not when you own a business and the bank just doesn't like you to start with, right? Because we don't have um, necessarily stable paycheck. So, um, so yeah, so I'm going to be using private lenders to buy, you know, larger multifamilies and um, which are actually easier to finance because they look at the economical value versus um, instead of like your, your personal income really. So doing some of that. And then I'd like to get into some land development and some commercial as well, but uh, none of that is going to happen without private lenders and alternative financing. So that's really the, the next step from here. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is true. So are, are you looking to, uh, are, are you looking to get those properties in, uh, in like Quebec, Ottawa, or are you looking like to the United States or maybe out of uh, like, you know, maybe West or East coast? Yeah. I think for the moment, even though I know like I'm going to get this stuff managed by, by a management company, who knows, maybe even start my own management company. That's been something I've been thinking about too. Um, but um, I still kind of want to, for the moment, keep it close uh, so, you know, I think Gatineau auto is actually a great market, uh, because it's got very stable jobs and it's developing quickly. It's close to, it's a lot like Gatineau, especially is a lot cheaper than Ottawa yet. Like I literally like live six minutes to like the heart of Gatineau, six minutes to the heart of Ottawa and like 10 minutes to like anywhere else in the Gatineau area. So it's like, and the house here, like this same house on the other side of the bridge, like six minutes away, would cost like two, if not three times the price, right? And the yeah. rent over there is ridiculous as well, but so is the price of homes. So I'm really kind of looking to stay right now in in what I know, which is Gatineau and surrounding. And uh, yeah, but not to say that if there's not, like, you know, a really good deal somewhere, a really good opportunity, I can make it work that I'm not interested in looking somewhere else. But I just feel like to start, even the, I, I just kind of like want to have my eye on it and be able to physically, you know, be there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's uh, very understandable. So uh, before we actually jump into your current business, uh, I, I just actually have one more question for you. So when you, uh, you know, for a lot of people that are like maybe looking to get into like, you know, starting their own business or something like that, they're like, well, where do I start? Uh, wh where do you like, what do you do to find most of your information and, learn uh like the you know um 
the you know the the, the different concepts and stuff that you've learned uh, already to help you run businesses yeah i think the number one number one thing that's like brought me i 99% of what i've of what i've done so far is just knowing people so it's just like go to like go meet people at like networking events or whatever and then you find someone who's like whatever you want to be like if you want to be like really rich like find like a really rich dude if you want to be like really like in shape like find like a super in shape person if you want to be like own all kinds of real estate find someone who owns all kinds of real estate and try to be friends with them and try to you know just hang out with them and stuff like for example for me that was that was Jocelyn and and Danielle which are my partners now that's who I learned the most from you know I they I get access to a whole gamut of knowledge and information and and other people as well that they present to me and that's where like 90% of the stuff that I know comes from so I, I think the first step is to just at first like in all honesty like in most cases you're probably not just going to have like an idea and just do it and then make a million dollars and it's all going to be perfect and fine right I think most of the job is to, is you know got to prepare for battles so meeting people and and really getting like insider information from real people that are in the business that you want to be in and that are doing well and just literally like go work for someone for free and just do what they do and just observe and then when you feel you like you're ready you know they might even help you to to go do whatever you want to do so that yeah. that would be my advice for starting yeah, that, that is actually some, uh, that, that's some really good advice. Uh, thanks for that, man. Um, so actually, let's jump into your actual current business right now. Why don't uh, you tell us a little bit about that, your, uh, your sort of the current business that you're uh, running right now. Yeah, so I'm, I'm running three businesses right now. So, oh. <laughs> um, but so obviously, you know, I'm crack boom is a little bit on hold because of, um, because of um, COVID. But I'm also a shareholder in a fitness app called uh, Danzo, which um, so it's Danzo Gym. Basically, uh, we have an app and it's on the App Store and on Google Play and people can get gain access for free. And, you know, there's all kinds of different uh, there's yoga and training routines and all that. So just videos, you know, you can follow and you can also actually get a personalized training program where a real certified personal trainer is going to look at your profile and, you know, take into account your goals, your injuries and all that and create a um, personalized training program according, you know, we've got close to 2000 videos. So of like different movements. So each movement is like split up by, it's basically the equivalent of what you would get in a gym, like on a sheet of paper with like pictures, but it's got all that information on your phone with an actual video of the movement. Even like we've got like stuff with machines, elastics, balls, free weights, dumbbells, nothing, uh, like all kinds of different exercises. So, and then obviously that part has like a marketing aspect to it too, because we have an online shop where we sell uh, supplements and weights and all that stuff. And we also sell advertisements because we have uh, banner ads um, that, that run at the bottom. And so, yeah, so that's, that's kind of been, you know, going, uh, going a little bit uh, crazy these days because of COVID. We've gained a lot of users. Uh, we've got over 250,000 users right now. And we're actually going to start pumping out the marketing um, starting next week. We're actually going to have a contest. Uh, we're having, we're 
there's a little contest for um, an iPhone and stuff that uh, we're giving away uh, just to, uh, you know, with an influencer marketing campaign on Instagram. So, yeah, so there's that. And then I've recently um, acquired part of a company called Life More Simple, uh, which is a zero waste line of products. And, you know, under normal circumstances, it's like reusable snack bags and reusable uh, essential oil bags and produce bags and all basically like home home stuff, but reusable version. So, and because of coronavirus, basically, Christine, my partner who had this before, who's a seamstress, um, was asked to make a few masks and then it got on the news and then we started selling masks like crazy. So now we're selling masks. And uh, so we have like a higher, we're like a premium product in the mask industry right now. So we're all made in Canada. Uh, we've got antibacterial nose piece, three layer with a filter and all that stuff. So, so yeah, so that's kind of what uh, my day to day looks like today, balancing between fitness and, and uh, marketing and selling masks and hand sanitizer and such. So. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That, that, that's very interesting. So um, with the, with the current business you're, you're running right now, um, how, how is, uh, so, you know, you've jumped around to a lot of different businesses uh, with like, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to have to learn different concepts, um, you know, um, about these businesses and how they sort of run. Is, is there anything that you sort of do before you actually jump in or is it sort of like, uh, do you have a, like a really interest in them or how do you sort of decide between changing? Cause that's like, these are a lot of different industries, right? Um, so yeah. how do you sort of choose like which ones you are interested in, which ones you sort of aren't interested in, or are you sort of just right now interested in everything and would like to do pretty much as much as you can and pretty much in just business in general? Um, yeah, I'm pretty selective actually about the, the opportunities and stuff that I decide to, to, to uh, pursue. Um, just because, you know, you can't do everything and I don't commit to anything that I can't, uh, I can't pull, pull through on. And basically, um, it's, it's going to sound a little bit strange, but it's, they're actually kind of pretty interconnected and not that different because the jobs and the, the things that I do in all of them are at a management level, A, and B, um, for example, you know, the mask, the mask business is actually very similar to the, um, to the clothing business I had originally because it's production and it's like, it's, uh, you know, yeah, basically production and seamstresses and sourcing product and all of that. So it's kind of like the same thing, just a different product. And then, and then again, like the aspects that I don't know, like all the stuff that has to do with like the seamstresses and the picking fabrics and all that is done by my partner, Christine. So I think like a really essential part of the whole, all of the businesses I'm in actually is, is about the partnerships kind of focus on my strengths and let others focus on their strengths. And so, yeah. So for example, you know, Dan zone crack boom, they may seem very different, but my main role in both of them has to do with marketing and, and the advertisement aspect. I don't do any of the, you know, I do a little bit of the stuff that has to do with fitness, but really not much, you know, programmers are doing the app and the website and stuff. There's a marketing team that does marketing with our graphic designers and stuff. So everybody kind of has their role. So at the end of the day, the, you know, the jobs that, that I do and all of those are pretty similar. So, 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I, that, that was uh, one of the questions I, I actually that just came up in my mind was just actually sort of what position do you actually sort of hold um, uh, amongst these different companies? And like you just said, you do a lot of uh, you know marketing and advertisement, sort of that. Uh, did you sort of found that you liked that early on when you were starting your businesses, or did you sort of morph uh, like did you sort of morph into that later on uh, through your career? Um, I I would say that I probably um, it's kind of hard to tell because when I first got into business in reality if I'm being completely honest there was no other reason than the fact that I thought I could make a lot of money selling um, selling those customized uh, hoodies to the to the um, to the older kids and I was like like I'll just do whatever it takes to <laughs> to sell those hoodies right and then but I did find you know along the way that the part that I really enjoy the most is like overall like overseeing operations and just like making key decisions but also i i really do love the the sales aspect like you know talking to people and just like i i'm just a very like sociable person so the sales part really really uh you know fits my personality well and it's, it's something i enjoy but i don't think that was originally what i thought was uh was going to be in it for me okay okay yeah the, 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 the that's pretty interesting okay so uh let's actually we're coming to the end here so uh we just have two more uh, well i just have two more questions um mm -hmm. so what are your sort of future goals or uh projects that you sort are sort of contemplating right now yeah so i don't see myself taking on any more projects uh right now because basically all the businesses that i'm in are really in an expansion phase so we're gonna you know all of them are are right now um my goal is to expand on them so i think i i already have enough on my plate with that where i am not really looking to take on any new projects except maybe some real estate uh, if i come across a good deal and it's and you know i feel like it can be pretty passive i'm still you know looking to that for that but uh, business ventures that i'm trying to get myself into um i think one of the things that i've learned over the past and part of why you know I don't do like the t-shirt the stuff and all that anymore is even though it's, it's about really not like spreading yourself too thin. Right. So I found that when I was doing the renovations and all the other stuff, I was completely, I was, I was in too many places at the same time. So it was really making it hard for me to, to focus my energy, you know, on, on the things that, that uh, matter most. And so, yeah, so for now I'm looking to just grow what I have, and uh, and then go from there so i'm not okay. uh no no huge uh no huge like new projects coming up or anything okay, okay. except within the current businesses obviously but yeah. nothing you know <laughs> outside of that <laughs> yeah so okay awesome so um uh we're actually going to come to the end here uh where can actually uh people find out more about you and your uh company right now yeah so uh well for the companies you can look up www.crackboom.ca. Uh, we actually have a really cool tool online where people can purchase advertisement for their business, uh, just like they would a Google, you know, they would a Google ad or a Facebook ad. Just select the screens on the map and pay away, and off you go. So uh, yeah, that's crackboom.ca. Um, Danzo for the fitness. If anybody wants free, a free personalized program, danzo.ca. We're also going to be having a contest over the next month, as I said for uh, an iPhone 10. 
and uh, Life More Simple. It's www.lifemoresimple.com. So yeah, so that's that's the whole uh, zero waste reusable line of products. And then for my personal accounts, I am obviously on Facebook and LinkedIn under William Fisher, and on Instagram as the Young CEO. It's kind of my little uh, personal brand amongst the the people my age here. <laughs> awesome, awesome. That that's great. So yeah, uh, is there anything else you want to add at all? Uh... Uh, no, I think we covered a lot of points. It was great talking to you. I think uh, those were some good questions and bring some value to the listeners. All right. Awesome. Th- thanks for, uh, thank you for coming on the show, William. Thank you very much, Max.